Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. We are here for entrepreneurs, startups, founders, and also, not coincidentally, angels, VCs, family offices, investment firms. We are a podcast on all the major podcasts, uh, platforms, including Apple and Audible and Amazon and just about anyone you can think of. Also on YouTube, you can find me at Michael Conniff on, on Twitter and also michaelconniff.com, C-O-N-N-I-F-F. Today, I am extremely excited to be joined by Angel Cologne. He's a director at New York Capital Management in the big city. Welcome, Angel. Great to have you. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Glad to be here. I understand your life has been very busy, and we're going to try to figure out what it is that Angel does, because you do so many things. So how would you describe it? What, what, how would you characterize what you do? Um, I'd say that I'm a, an architect, um, sort of a, a structure of different types of transactions, um, just the ability to connect the dots pretty quickly to get things uh, sort of across the finish line. Yeah, and we're gonna um, um, I, and we're gonna talk about crowdfunding in particular in, in a moment. But um, I, I did I do want to understand like how you got to be in, in this situation and about your career. So how did you get started, and what what is kind of your path, your journey been to this spot? Um. You know, many, many years ago, got started in the industry, sort of like Wall Street, and gravitated to it because I um, had a family member that was working for a firm, um, graduated college, was like, hey, what am I going to do? Um, got a stint of working in, in, in Europe right out of college uh, for a year, um, did some interesting work in Europe uh, on the marketing side then transitioned back to the States and, you know, just fell right into it, just fell right into being a, a, a broker. So I went through that whole boiler room situation, just like you see in the movies is exactly like that. Like the Wolf of Wall Street stuff uh, was very interesting. Oh, okay. Was uh, it that bad? Was it that yeah. bad? Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, wow. They, 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 they make it seem tame on, on the, <laughs> In the movie, they make it seem a little bit more tamer than what it is. Um, oh, you're kidding. I would not no, call no. Wolf of Wall Street tame. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And then... Um, you're blushing, you know. You're blushing. Yeah. No, just uh, all, the, <laughs> all the memories coming back of all the crazy shenanigans that was going on back in the day. Um, what is the craziest, what's the craziest thing you remember about that period of your life? Your career? Uh, you know, they, they. I was at a... I was at a firm and not to name names, but there was, you know, they would do, you know, obviously um, when you got an account open, you know, they, 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 they cut your tie. Um, but it mostly was, and okay. that was like the small, that was like the most tame thing they did, but you know, the most yeah. crazy, it was just like pretty much all the sex and drugs that, that, that were means and, you know, a lot of money flowing through Wall Street, a lot of money. You know, I had one, as I progressed, I had one trader um, who made 40 million in one month and then gave it all back the next month, which was like sad, you know, it was just like sad, you know, after I told him, he hey. Lost, he lost, lost it in the market. 
Uh, the guy, no, he was a trader. I mean, I was a man, I was, I was managing traders and he was one of my traders and, um, the guy literally made $40 million in one month and that, Hey, uh, you know, Boris, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> you might want to call it a career, right? <laughs> you know, but no, yeah. they, 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 yeah. they have these, these God complexes that they, they, they're, they're infallible that they know it. The guy was just lucky and, you know, he gave it all back the next month, you know, so that was for me, that was one of the craziest shits in the world, right? Especially back uh, in 2000, um, that was that was nuts, you know? Yeah, so that was your start. So it really was that that crazy. So did where does one go from there? Um, where did you go? Yeah, so I I I ended up um, after that. I ended up taking a couple of companies public, sort of like semi-retired. And then uh, came back into the industry because um, I saw some inefficiencies in what was coming out in terms of the Jobs Act and the um, sort of like equity crowdfunding. And then I uh, got with some programmers, I uh, coders, and we, we actually, they took what was in my head and they were like, hey, this is what we've got. I actually took, tweaked it. It was like, hey, look, this is what we can put together. And we created a, a, a very robust platform called Bank. And Bank, um, when I was out there pitching it, um, approached two, uh, uh, two broker-dealers um, slash investment banks about um, being sort of like the partner for the, the platform. Uh, one was the old... Uh, broker dealer for E-Trade, those guys cashed out. They started um, uh, CrowdClear, which was very interesting. And I pitched it to them. They they, they were like, yeah, we're, we're fine, but you got to fund everything, you got to do everything, and we'll just be the broker dealer behind it. And then I ended up uh, with another firm, and they ended up buying it. Um, and they took it in a direction that I wasn't expecting, which is, you know, I wanted the platform to be like a pick, picks and shovels. Everyone could have it. Uh, lo and behold, um, it matured and it was the first platform to ever take a company public onto the New York Stock Exchange using equity crowdfunding. Never been done before. Hasn't been done since. And that Very was, bank, is it bank? how do you spell bank? B-A-N-Q dot C-O. Bank.co. And, and um, what happened to Bank.co? Where, where Does that exist at this point? No, it, does, it still exists. Um, still trying to do some deals and everything like that, but hasn't um, caught on like the likes of Republic or Seed Invest. Um, those guys, uh, WeFunder, uh, Start Engine. Um, you know, it was, it was not what I intended, what I intended was, is that I would had liked the platform to be sort of like a white label for all broker dealers to be able to do equity crowdfunding. But the real sort of like the hidden secret sauce was that it, we were able to then have it syndicated. And what that means is, is that, um, as many broker-dealers that were in the network that had sort of this platform, they can interact with other broker-dealers to syndicate each other's deals. So it made it easier and faster 
for deals to get funded because if a deal doesn't get funded, no one gets paid. But there was a button where it says syndicate and then that brought an alert to all of the sort of like point person or managers at each of the broker dealers and be like, hey, this is a deal that's going to go off. It's been approved. Would you like to, you know, show it to your clients? Um, it's a seven, seven, seven deal. You're in for 5% if you're any of your clients go into it, 5% across the board. And when I mean like a seven, you get 7% of the cash raise, you get 7% equity and you get 7% in, in warrants or options or whatever it is like that or restricted stock or anything like that. So it was a very lucrative deal where when you add you get it all, all three, you, get all, you get all three of those seven, seven and seven, you get all yeah, three. Yeah. So in a sense, it's just like the people are like, well, is it a 7% deal? No, it's actually 21% because you got 7% of the cash raised. You ended up with 7% of whatever your sort of like whatever you've made with 7% of equity. And then you got 7% in restricted options, warrants, or whatever other ancillary um, sort Going of like. forward. Yeah. It's like, so, so let me, like, let me ask you a question about this because if you, if I could, um, so in equity crowdfunding, mm. I, I have to step it back to the jobs act, um, uh, which I believe was 2015. Do I have that right? All right. Was it 2015? So it was seven years ago, less than seven years ago. And it was in the Obama administration. And there was a provision in that act, uh, several provisions, I guess that allowed for, um, companies to go directly to the public via broker dealer, um, directly to accredited investors, investors of a, above a certain level who could afford this sort of thing. And with the crowdfunding, um, they're able to go right directly and raise money. And um, what did the law allow that did not exist before? So general solicitation and you remove the, the accredited investor. So you did not, you do not have to be an accredited investor to invest. Okay. So general solicitation is a provision allowed by the SEC um, to occur during crowdfunding. It's a little way of saying you can, you can advertise that you're going to do it. You can't, there are certain things you can't do. There are claims you can't make. You have to be very careful about it and be in compliance, but nonetheless, you can go directly uh, as uh, um, Republic and others have done. Well, it's different. When you go IPO, there is sort of prior to the IPO being listed, there is a period called the quiet period. And no one can speak about it. There's nothing that can be done until it gets published to avoid any type of insider trading, any type of you know market manipulation or anything like this, right? But within the JOBS Act, and when you do regulation CF or regulation A+, um, I coined the phrase, you have a loud period. Instead of quiet, you have a loud period. And that loud period allows you to basically broadcast this to the world. You can skywrite it. You can send out mass emails. Uh, you know, back in the day in, in, in Times Square, which we're not too far from where I'm at right now, um, you had these ladies out in just, you know, topless with just panties walking around painted. You could paint your your offering on them and have them, 
you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> walk around. I mean, it is. Sure it that is would work nowadays, it, Angel. I'm not sure that would work, but <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, saying, I'm just giving you a, a, an idea is that yeah. you could put it in a magazine. You could write, you could do a commercial. You can point people to the offering. Yeah. They, you know, this had never existed before that you can right. basically say, Hey, you know, before it was no solicitation, you couldn't solicit, you couldn't do anything. The people had to come up with the idea on their own. They had to reach out to their broker. The broker couldn't suggest anything, couldn't recommend anything. Here, the wild, wild west. You could do whatever you want. You could, you could, you know, you could take over the NASDAQ billboard and say, hey, I've got this offering coming out. Um, you could do a podcast. You could do anything. And you could have the invest now button there. That's what changed. What, what about what about auditing? I know that in in up to a certain level, you don't actually need an audit to do this. But how does that work? So, re, in Regulation CF, the the way it stands right now, it's up about to like a million and change, like a million. And CF is for crowd, crowd crowdfunding. Right? Yeah, regulation CF is regulation crowdfunding, and I think up to a million and change. Let's just say for all practical purposes, 1.1 million. Up until 1.1 million, as long as you stay below that, you need a, a review, right, of your books, right, by, by an accounting firm, which is not as deep dive as an audit. Anything above, say, 1.1 million, you need an audit, right? And in some cases, these companies don't have um, so significant numbers, and so that audit isn't as comprehensive or robust of what it needs to be, say, for example, if you're going public, right? Um, once you go above the 1.1 million, you, you, you have the ability to, to raise up to 5 million under regulation CF in a rolling 12, meaning that you, when you start it, you have 12 months to complete it. If you, if you complete it, that's fine. Then you can, you close it and you can open up another one. Um, or if it takes you 12 months, I believe even if you complete it, you have to wait the full 12 months before you can start another one, right? Um, the same with the Regulation A+, plus as well. So Regulation Crowdfunding, uh, Regulation CF lets you go up to $5 million. Um, regulation A+, plus lets you go up to $75 million. $75 million. So what has been the biggest crowdfunding uh, experiment to date? How big have these gotten? I would say that I have seen has been BrewDog has been the one that has gotten a lot of people don't know about it, but they've been successful at raising um, several rounds of regulation A plus. Right. And it's a brewery. It's a brewery. It's a Scottish brewery that has a cult like following. They have an, a, they have an affinity group, a group that's very passionate about it. Um, they see themselves as more brand ambassadors than quote unquote investors. Uh, but this company has, you know, a base in Europe, Scotland, I think it is, um, has come to the States, um, crowdfunded a brewery in, in Ohio, crowdfunded a hotel around the brewery. Um, that's sort of significant, right? Prior to that, you had. Uh, back in the in the infancy days, you had this company called Elio Motors that came out. Um, they raised some significant money using uh, YouTube and, and and other forms of digital marketing. Um, 
but were not successful in accomplishing what their main goal was, uh, was to build a three-wheel car, right? Um, but who, who of these two, how, how much was, what was the most raised? I by, believe, I believe, I believe Elio Motors raised like around 15. I, I think uh, okay. Dog has raised several rounds. I think they're more in the 20, 30 million range. Okay. So, so that's a lot of money, but, but it's not 75 million. So this is still very much nascent, still much evolving, Correct. still very right. much evolving. And when we did, when, when bank did uh, MYO, um, I think the raise was only five to eight million, and it was just like the bridge that they needed to go onto the New York Stock Exchange. What was NYO? MYO was the company that uh, Bank uh, did as a um, uh, and New York Stock listed company. So you did one of so that's one of the bigger ones, and you you were involved in that. Well, my so, platform, my platform was involved in that. Correct. Your platform was involved. So now moving forward um, in uh, 2022, um, I have to ask this question. Why has the pace, well, it's not fair to say the pace has slowed because of late, Republic, Crowdfunder, WeFunder, uh, we um, StartEngine have been incredibly, have all been active. So it's not like it's slowed down. It's speeded up. But how come these deals tend to be in the single digits, three million, four million, one million, nobody has really ramped it up. Is that because the right company hasn't come along? No, it's just that no one has sort of cracked the the marketing code in terms mm -hmm. of being able to amass enough momentum for people to make those investments. Now, remember, when you do equity crowdfunding, you can set your limits in terms of what people can invest in, right? So some people go out there and says, look, I want to, to get enough investors. I want to get enough people in. I want to set my limit at $100, minimum investment. Some people go up to $1,000 um, is... is so, so, so it's almost like shutting people out. Um, if my path were followed, then you would have seen, you know, consistent, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollar raises with your, you know, unusual unicorn of a 75 million dollar equity crowdfunded raise. Right. Because when you're, you're referring to, to bank when you got it started and the the idea of syndicating these in a white label fashion, right? Is that what you're referring correct. to? Correct, correct, correct. Okay. What what I what I thought was the catalyst to hit those benchmarks was to syndicate the deals to allow other groups other broker dealers to get their investors in so that those, those marks, those, those sort of like levels can be hit and you can hit those levels. Um, with, with that being out of the equation, it is now up to the company or the platform itself to garner enough momentum to get these, people in, right? To get these people to sign on to, to a deal and say, hey, yeah, I want to make an investment. Um, and 
that's sad. That's sad. So what my thing, what, what my initial plan was be the picks and shovels for all the broker dealers, be able to syndicate the deals. And then what my next step after that would have been was to then hit other markets and partner up with other, when I mean markets, I mean other sort of jurisdictions or regions like England, where they're crowdfunding mortgages. Um, in Colombia, they crowdfunded a skyscraper, you know, so there are other regions that are more evolved um, far ahead of us in terms of being able to amass a crowd to get involved in something, right? And that's that was the next evolution. So coupled with the U.S. market in terms of syndication and being able to uh, attract not only what the company was going to go do in terms of their solicitation, their general marketing, their driving traffic to their offering, you were also able to syndicate out to other broker dealers so their clients could see it. So that momentum, if you had that in place, you could see significant 10, 15, $20 million deals being done successfully. When you go and try to hit the $75 million, and this is without institutions, this is without accredited investors, this is just the general public. If you also then were able to now syndicate out to a partner in England, in Belgium, Germany, Singapore, Australia, and you're able to now do a, you're able to now do a bigger deal and get it funded faster, right? Because now you're not hitting, you're not only hitting the 300 plus million, well, active investors are like maybe 150 million in the U.S. Um, you're able to, uh, to attract those other investors elsewhere to then bring in and, and close those deals. So let's talk about the situation on the ground today. Um, what, what do you see for equity crowdfunding going forward? And what, what do you anticipate doing yourself to kind of take advantage of this opportunity? Well, what I see now is the saturation in the market. Um, there is more that the platforms are not carefully curating and selecting deals. Some of these platforms are just putting up anything and everything. Um, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes there. If if it's a race to accumulate um, sort of customers, because um, they're certainly not accumulating assets uh, or, or assets under management, um, but accumulating uh, potential investors to be sold to someone. Um, I see that with some of the platforms out there right now, um, though I do see some of that are more selective in terms of what deal they want to put on the table, what they want to, what they want their investors to put out there. Um, some of these guys are also, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll assist in funding on the marketing aspect, the digital marketing aspect. And that's where everything falls, right? Is because no one has come up with, say, the holy grail of how to run a fantastic equity crowdfunding marketing campaign, a digital marketing campaign that drives the traffic to get that deal funded like that, right? Um, a lot of these places, uh, I mean, you're funding, you know, 
50,000, 100,000, 500,000 deals, they're getting funded pretty quickly, but that's only a, a small. But the deals that require significant cash, you know, they're having to do not only an equity. So do you think, I, I mean, as I think about this, part of it has to be that these platforms are still just marketing to accredited investors, not not accredited. So not everybody. That's one thing. The other thing is it's a new product, right? It's a new product. People, I'm not sure that people really know what to make of it. I'm not sure that they really know what they're buying. I'm not sure that they really know what it is to own a company. I, I think I think you're right, but they're marketing. Um, you're incorrect in one thing: is they're marketing to the general public. They're not marketing to accredited investors. The accredited investors, they're mar if it's a regulation CF or a regulation A plus, they're marketing to average Joe. They're marketing to John Q. Public, right? Um, okay. The regulation C or regulation D or some other type of private investment, those are being targeted to accredited investors, right? I think the misconception is, is that, oh, you have to be, if it was only available to accredited investors, then you would not be able to go to Republic and see a deal. You would have to basically say, hey, I'm an accredited investor. You have to prove that you're an accredited investor, and then you're able to see a deal. The fact that you can go to Republic or any of these places, sign up um, as a regular person, um, not accredited, a non-accredited person, and you could see the deal, tells me these are not accredited deals. These are deals that are exactly what the Jobs Act intended to be, the ability for small companies to go out and raise capital in the general public and attract anyone and anyone that basically submits to the AML KYC and able to open up an account. You're able to now make uh, investments using your credit card. So even there right now tells me this is not geared to a credit investor. And just so people, so we're not talking jargon here, um, accredited, an accredited investor has um, assets above a certain level. Um, and well, I, can, and I, can give you, I, I can give you the definition. It's uh, um, one of two things. Assets over a million dollars, uh, or two hundred thousand in income in the last two years. Okay, that, fair that's, enough. That's an accredited investor. So if you if you're not at that threshold or those thresholds, then you are a non-accredited investor, um, which does bar you from certain of these, but uh, as Angel says, allows you to do many of them. Um, but uh, and I want to point out something that. Um, is worth pointing out there's a company in Colorado called Sweater that is actually marketing to non-accredited investors as well as accredited investors. The way they're doing that, they've figured out how to do it via a mutual fund. So they make their investments, they do their research, they, they pick companies, and then um, both accredited and non-accredited investors can invest. So they have kind of found a workaround to it. Um, I think, which is pretty interesting, and I hope to talk to them soon. So, um, so Angel, what's the future like? What's the very near future in just a few words for these kind of uh, 
what does your crystal ball tell you is going to happen with this kind of equity crowdfunding? I think within I think within a short period there should be some type of consolidation. I mean, there's just way too many platforms out there, um, which is then um, sort of like degrading the, the landscape. Um, I think someone has to come out with a easy turnkey process because um, I've had heard I've had I I have heard horror stories of the platforms in terms of you know, a difficulty of, of, of getting through the whole process, the length of going through the process, um, sort of like um, a growing pains within the platforms of not being able to sort of in sync with the, with the offering and, you know, some snafus in the background, missed escrows. I think there was a big one where one platform lost their escrow for New York, and thus a lot of a lot of deals didn't get funded because um, New York investors were not able to get in. And New York is a funny state; it's just very different. Um, though they say they're so liberal, but they they really, when it comes to sort of the markets and and finance and uh, investings and stuff like that, they they really are very very conservative in terms. Um, it, it's very difficult to even do crypto in, in New York as well as a New York resident. I mean, it's just like you have to just move across the river to New Jersey in order for you to get into crypto. You have been listening to The Accelerator. I am Michael Conniff. I want to thank our guest, Angel Cologne. He is a director at the New York Capital Management Company, and uh, he's been a, a very gracious guest. Thanks for being with us, Angel. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. No worries. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye now.